Jewish Money Matters, episode 248, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. You know that, of course. <laughs> We're back with an Ask Yael episode. Long overdue. I mean, was I really that ambitious to think that I could get this out right before Passover or during Passover break? Apparently I was, and I'm also not a very good judge of you know, how long things take and (laughs) managing my calendar. Is anyone else guilty of overscheduling here? Okay, I seriously have been fighting this illness for years and I've made some major improvements, but it uh, all it takes, I've noticed, is a major holiday to throw me off off kilter, I guess. Uh, Not me per se, but my calendar or my perception of how much I can realistically accomplish in a day. If you suffer from this illness and you have advice for me, tell me. This is not the topic of today's show, but it was just a nice way to get ourselves back in the groove. A few updates. This week's show was so fun. I hope you got to catch it. Um, I had a conversation with the man who coined the term FOMO. I don't think I suffer from too much of that, but I don't know that we're all immune to it. There definitely is something there. I think we're all familiar with it on some level. He's an ex-colleague of mine, Patrick McGinnis. It was an important conversation, I should say, on, on how FOMO can, fear of missing out, if you don't know, can impact your financial life and also how it can help or hurt your business. We also had Julie and Jacob Rupp of the Rupp Group talking about their coaching business. We had them a couple weeks ago. Um, we, they talked about working together, their money stories, and uh, a lot more. It was open. It was honest. It was a really fun conversation. And if you want to learn more about feeling good about your money, if you're struggling with hangups around building wealth and making more like guilt or shame, my conversation with Derek Kinney, creator of the Good Money Framework um, I think three weeks ago was also, um, yeah, it was also three weeks ago. That will be quite helpful, I shall say. So that's an update on what's been going on in the show. But like I said, Ask Yael did not happen. So I am back. Before we tackle questions, let's head over to the Apple Podcast Review section. And we're going to pull out a review from early in March from FK Texas. And she says, what a great podcast. I have learned something from each episode that I have listened to. Yael is so engaging and inquisitive and articulates her questions and comments so professionally. She's a great role model and very inspiring. Well, thank you, FK Texas. Um, I guess that means you're also in Texas like I am. Leave leave me a DM on Instagram or a voice note or send me an email. Be in touch with me, Yael at yaeltrush.com and let's connect. I will send you a link for us to get together. I am really, really happy that you're finding the conversation inspiring and that you appreciate the quality of the conversations. Um, So let's get together. Now, first question from the mailbag comes from Seema. 
Seema writes in via email. She says, I am hitting reply to let you know that your emails are the only ones I read. Over the years, my inbox has become somewhat of a junkyard. I have over 11,000 unread messages and they just keep piling up. But whenever I see your name, I open it up and I'm always glad that I did. Thank you, Seema. I'm glad as well. <laughs> and I am, I'm suffering from the same problem with my email, but I'm really glad that I make it, um, that you open them. And I, I want to encourage everybody else to join Seema. If you're not subscribed to my newsletter, you should be. It's good. And it's not just me saying it. Also, Seema, we actually have a new website coming up, Newsflash. Stay tuned for that. But for now, you can head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash newsletter and sign up really easily. And soon there will be tons of resources in the new website that you'll be able to sign up for all in one location. But you can still do so at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash newsletter and um, be in the loop because yeah, I like sending emails and I don't I'm not spammy. I don't do them, you know, more than once a week unless there's, unless there's something really important going on. Um, and they tend to be of high value. Uh, I think so. So check that out. I've also, I'm going to continue with Seema's question. She says, I've also been wondering what bank you use, Yael, if you don't mind sharing. You frequently mention all your sub accounts, and that is something that I would like to implement, but my bank doesn't have that as an option. Okay, great question, Seema. So hopefully you are in America. If you are, then this is going to be super relevant. If you're in Israel, um, the sad news is I don't think we have that option yet. I've looked into this. Doesn't seem that there's much available in terms of what I usually mention, which is, you know, sub accounts that allow for um, free transfers and low bal- no, no low balance fees, etc. So hopefully you're in America. If so, everybody who's in America, listen up. My favorite bank is hands down as Capital One. Now, they are not the only ones who offer sub-savings account with low balance fees and no transfer fees. You can also look at Ally Bank and there are others. I actually had a student who just mentioned another one that she uses, but there are others and you can Google um, and they will come up because they are online banks that this is kind of their, you know, one of their distinct qualities. So they will come up, but cap, start with Capital One, start with Ally. Um, you want to make sure that whatever bank you choose is FIDC insured. Traditionally, these banks with more of an online presence rather than a brick and mortar one have a more favorable fee structure for us, the consumers, and more flexibility in terms of accounts and balances required. Um, so we can do all these sub accounts and all that. And it's really neat. But the one downside I will say is the amount of accessibility that we have to ATMs to, you know, machines to pull out our cash. So I personally don't mind, don't mind having to drive a little bit more to get to an ATM, or I don't mind having less access to an ATM and cash if I can have the huge, huge benefit of sub savings accounts, especially as Jewish women with many different financial goals like MICER, tithing and other short term savings goals, the ability to have it all organized and not get charged for moving money around, etc. is huge to me. Um, Especially since I can easily get um, cash when when I pay for things with my debit card. So you know, it's not like if I have a bigger need or a cash deposit to make, yeah, I might need to drive a little bit. But since those things happen less frequently and are less of a priority, 
than the organization and the online transactions that I need to make, et cetera, which I value so much, then I'm willing to make that trade-off. So hopefully that make, helps with your decisions. Check with your decisions, Seema. Check out Capital One or Ally. If for whatever reason those don't work out for you, um, there might be others in the States. Um, so a, a, a quick Google search will do that. Just make sure that they are FIDC insured. Um, and I do personally think uh, that it's time to get rid of the big traditional commercial banks. I mean, I did it years ago and I couldn't be happier. I mean, I have my mortgage with a big bank, but that's about it. All right. Next question is from Sharim. She says, hi, Yael. I'm helping my husband to get out of debt. His debts are tiny, $1,500, but he has never been able to get out of them. He's terrible with money. So I'm now managing his own salary until he gets better. She writes better with quotes. So the question is, is paying off his debts the best option? I'd assume so. What about an allowance? How much should that be? His salary is about 25% of the joint household income. Our basic monthly outgoings are $5,000. His salary wouldn't be able to cover half of that. I'm really struggling to figure out what's the right number for an allowance. Okay, so before I answer the question, let me say that after a little bit of digging, I did find out that Shareem's husband also has an addiction, which tends to lead him to spend beyond the family budget. So hence the debt. There is so much to unpack here. I so appreciate the question. Um, I think it's so courageous and so brave for you to be asking and getting yourself already in that mode of, okay, there's something to be solved here. How do we solve it? Now, the first thing that I'll, I'll start with is, I want to bring to your attention the mindset piece in terms of him being terrible with money, right? Um, and you managing his salary until he gets quote unquote better, as you said, with money and him getting an allowance. You have to remember that you're not his mother. You are partners and you both have to be on board with financial decisions. In fact, you talk about his debts and paying his debts, but the truth is that He's not the one who has $1,500 in debt. You both do. It doesn't matter who incurred it. You're both equally responsible for that debt. So I don't think here the conversation is about, is about whether you pay off his debt, which um, I don't favor because, again, it, let's say that he incurred this debt. Maybe it came. he came into the marriage with it. It really, you know, there's, there's a workaround where he has more of a responsibility over this. But all that to say, regardless, that you're not, you're his wife, not his parent. So that position of him being the one who's not good at money and the one who has to get an allowance is probably not a healthy one. It does take two to tango and he has to assume responsibility just as you. It is both your money and both your futures. So coming up with an allowance or some fun money for him, an amount that he can have each month is really a tactical step um, perhaps to keep him, quote unquote, under control with his spending, but it has very little to do with the problem that you present. And that's what I want you to hone in here. That really, it, what you're suggesting is tactical, but there's something more important here. You both first need to speak about his addiction, his commitment to stop spending money on it, and well, to end it, both of your commitments to getting and staying out of that debt, right? Um, you may, you might need help with the addiction piece before you can get help with the money piece um, because it is such a big part of the, this puzzle. Now, getting out of $1,500 in debt should be a pretty quick thing if you both agree 
to it. And if you both like get on a debt repayment plan, like really get like hone in on your budget and really start paying it aggressively and obviously not incur more debt. So there's a whole process to it. And we've talked about on the show. Um, and I don't know the particulars, it doesn't if it's credit card debt, it's not but regardless. So the issue here is not so much the amount. It's the getting back into debt, the what you mentioned, that's a continuous thing that gets out, gets back into it, gets out, gets back into it. So why are we putting stumping blocks? And why are we using the credit cards, etc? Like, those are the types of conversations that we need to be having as a couple. Uh, perhaps what how, how can we do this differently? How can we stop using this credit card and really stick to the money that we're making? What are our, what are our dreams and goals? And if we keep behaving this way, will we really be advancing those goals? Like these are the types of conversations that I want to hear you have. So it's where way beyond the tactical. Yes, you can build a great budget, but without the proper conversations and the values alignment piece, the designing of goals and the joint commitment to them, the budget is not going to get you very, very far. So I do think you're in a great, great place because you're already asking the questions and you're really, you're already acknowledging the issue and you can do this. Um, you can definitely reach out to a financial therapist, to a money coach as well. But just know that from my own experience working as a money coach, you will both need to be committed to the process. Because again, it's a marriage. So you both need to be committed because you're you're using the money together. Yes, I get that he's the one getting in there. But again, you have to be in it together. So try googling fi- financial therapist in your area and see if you find someone who's a good fit. Obviously, if you have a personal reference or recommendation, that would be better. But if you're not, if you don't, then go to Google, old good old Google. Um, or if, uh, depending on the severity and the type of addiction, they might even recommend therapy first and then financial therapy or money coaching, um, which aren't the same thing. But maybe you don't need the financial therapy, you just need the money coaching. So Um, But again, both need to be committed to that process. And one last thing is that as you head um, into the process of having these conversations with him, just don't begin with the numbers piece. Don't begin with the debt, the allowance, all that stuff. Begin with the values and the dream piece and what you both want from your lives together and what you could both be doing better to build that future. Can we deal with the addiction? I'm here to help you with this. We're going to be so much better on so many levels. Like, let's do this. Like that, those conversations. So be sure to lead with that and be sure to kind of des- design the the setting and the timing to be conducive to this because there's so much emotion behind it. It could be really triggering. So you have to try time it properly and set it up properly. Um, and I wish you so much success in this. And I know that you can do it. Uh, So stay in touch. Can't wait to hear more from you. Um, And yeah, I think you can definitely do it. All right. So that is a wrap, ladies. That's what we got. Stay tuned for Monday's episode with wealth architect Arya Scheinbeim. Keep sending me those questions. You know where to find me. You can DM me on Instagram. You can email me, yael at yaeltrush.com and have a Shabbat Shalom. Shalom.